You found the Love Flight Podcast. I'm Paul Tizard, Fear of Flying Coach, and I've been helping nervous flyers since 1997. So in this podcast, you are going to find aviation experts, psychologists, coaches, enthusiasts, and people normal, just like you, who have overcome their fears. Welcome. So welcome, Rachel, to the Love Fly podcast. Nice to meet you properly. Hi, nice to meet you as well. I'm super excited to be here. No, likewise. Thank you. And um, so tell us all about yourself, how you found us, what your story is, and I can shut up then, basically. Sure, absolutely. So I am a solo female travel blogger, actually, Mm. and I go by Blonde Wayfarer on Instagram, TikTok, and on my website as well. And I've always really loved to travel. Hmm. And the funny thing is, I wasn't always scared of flying either. Actually, okay. when I was very young, um, gosh, like only a couple months old, really, my parents took me on trips to Florida and the Cayman Islands. So planes were nothing new to me. I hmm. flew all throughout my childhood. And I remember there was one flight to Disney World where we had some turbulence. And I actually thought it was a ride and was laughing at it. <laughs> Which is hard to believe now because of how scared I am of it, but um, always love to travel. And then yeah. when I was about 23 years old, I just finished up grad school. Um, it was a really stressful time in my life because I had to complete a master's thesis and I was also completing requirements for a teacher certification. Okay. So there was a lot going on. My family and I, we booked this trip to Italy. And during the flight over, we hit some pretty bad turbulence and it went on for about 10 minutes. And it was that flight that triggered. Really? I know what that. Right. Okay. You literally can link it to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can pinpoint exactly where it started because before that, Mm. it never bothered me. Um, Even the previous year, we did a flight from Philadelphia to London. And it didn't bother me at all. But it was that flight that was definitely the starting point of this Mm. whole fear of flying journey and now I'm 36 and <laughs> still have a little bit of a fear that goes yeah. on. <laughs> so you're traveling around, presumably having to use flights and you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. And it's something I'm always asked about as a travel blogger, because just this past summer alone, I had to do 12 flights, which is a lot of flying to fit in the span of two and a half months. So I'm frequently asked, you know, how do you deal with this? You're scared of turbulence. You're scared of um, taking off. Even like the airport for me is really stressful. Um, I use Newark Airport right near New York City. So it's not like a nice little relaxed airport with two terminals. It's this massive airport. Oh, my gosh. It's it's so big. Um, So my readers are always curious about how I handle the stress of Okay, so hang on a second. Just pause a second. So you're, (laughs) is your job a travel blogger? I wish it was my full-time job. I'm also a high school teacher. Um, So I juggle both of those things. I actually just came from school right now. (laughs) Right, okay. (laughs) Literally, so you're, oh my goodness. So how did did the travel blogging thing start then? Because it's a bit of an interesting thing to do considering the uh, fear of flying. Yeah, definitely. So... 
in my late 20s, and this was actually after that horrible flight that I was talking about, mm. I really wanted to just started traveling and none of my friends could really go on trips with me. Our schedules didn't align particularly well. So I started falling into the blogging space and reading a lot about solo female travel. And I never realized it was something that you could do. And one summer I decided to just go for it and do a 14 day trip to Scotland. So I live in New Jersey. So it was going to be an international overnight flight over the yeah. Atlantic, but I really wanted to go anyway because I love travel so much and I still remember that first big flight that I did by myself we actually had really bad weather at Newark it was in the summer and there was a thunderstorm going on our flight was delayed two hours and then when we boarded the plane had the stress of that we had to turn back around because somebody got sick so we had to let them deboard so by that mm. point it was a three hour delay um so of course all the stress was building up by that point but I was able to get through the flight and Scotland was absolutely amazing. It's incredibly beautiful. The Highlands are still one of my favorite like places to go in the world. I would board a flight every month and then I could go on a trip to Scotland. <laughs> um, and I just, and I loved it so much and wrote about it and then naturally fell mm. into the blogging space after that. So it's, it's kind of interesting how I've been able to yeah. juggle both and turn my passion into a side job. So to speak. Yeah. So it's, it literally is like a, a side job now for you. It's, it's like, okay, that's really good. Yeah, definitely. I'm flying to Springfield, Missouri tomorrow for a small press trip about the theater and art scene out there. So I have uh, two flights tomorrow that I have to face and conquer. <laughs> yeah, okay. So what, what happens to you when you're thinking about flying then? Because presumably you're okay on other yeah. forms of transport. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with trains. Sometimes with cars, if I don't know the parking situation, I get a little anxious, but I think that's completely normal. And it's nowhere near the amount of anxiety that I feel flying, especially when it comes to those overnight transatlantic flights, because I can always link it back to that one specific flight. Right. And the anxiety starts building up the night before, whereas with the domestic flights, for me, they're not quite as scary. I get nervous in the terminal, so there's mm -hmm. a, a bit of a lull there. But it's one of those challenges that I have to really just deal with and go and face my fears. And I find something that's really helped me a lot is actually opening up to the flight attendants and the pilots. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to be invited into the cockpit twice before a big international flight. And just like having the chance to speak mm. to the pilots has really helped me a lot mm. because you, they're, they're professionals and they're actually really excited to talk to passengers. And when I go up in the cockpit, I do think it's really pretty. There's about a bunch of lights everywhere in the maps. <laughs> and I realize how involved flying yeah. is yeah, when I yeah. get up there and it makes me feel better. But I would say to anyone who's nervous to fly to open up to the flight attendants, especially if they seem like they're having a good day, because they really are trained to talk to mm. fearful flyers, because all of my worst flights have been when I've suffered in silence and didn't okay. say anything. Um, whereas if I open up to the flight attendants, they do make an effort to come and check mm. on me. I actually had one flight. This was a crazy story. This was from Newark, from Venice to Newark. So it was a nine and a half hour flight. And the pilot was just this really friendly guy. He actually came out into the terminal to greet everybody and to say hello, which you never see happen. I fly frequently and the pilots usually don't come out in the terminal and say hi to everybody. It's sort of a rare thing. 
And he came up to me and I told him how much I appreciated it because I'm a nervous flyer. I don't like tur turbulence. And he asked me for my seat. So I told him. Once we're on the plane, we're about seven hours in, the pilot comes on and says that there's been reports of severe turbulence in the area and we ought to be seated. So, of course, I'm incredibly nervous. I have yeah. this thing where I look out the window and try to, like, calm down that way, which I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't mm. know if people yeah. should follow that advice, but I do it anyway. <laughs> and about 45 minutes afterwards, the pilot actually came back to check on me. Once the seatbelt sign was on, I see him coming back without his hat on and he's just like are you okay we're so sorry about that there was no way to avoid it and it was just like the sweetest thing oh, really um cool. ever i actually started to cry because it was really sweet i couldn't believe that he actually yeah, remembered me and then thought to come back and check on me so it was really if you open up to the crew they really do care they mm. want you to be comfortable and they're trained to take care of you so you weren't worried about we were flying the aircraft then when he came down <laughs> fortunately there's another pilot up there <laughs> There's always at least two. I think that one might have had three. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was it was really sweet, and it made me really happy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, never suffer in silence. Open up to the flight attendants, to the pilots, if you can talk to them, because they really do care about passenger comfort, and they will check in on you. I've never had any flight attendant be, like, snarky about it or mean they've always been very kind and it's a very common fear i'm not mm. sure what the actual statistics are but mm. the flight attendants hear it a lot and they're trained to to yes. deal with it and help out their passengers um, so if there's yeah wow so any flight attendants if you happen to be out there listening i love you thank you so much because i <laughs> i couldn't do this job without you i really couldn't I yeah so what's um, the support could you just translate please snarky snarky that's like being sarcastic and kind okay. of um, or you know eye rolly or something like that oh, i've never had anyone be right. rude about it they've always been very understanding and compassionate and um, just translation a new word you see for us but, yeah. you know, snarky. <laughs> snarky i could have probably got it but i wasn't you know i just needed to check you know <laughs> yeah so over the two years then so you put yourself through these flights you're obviously doing a lot yeah. Mm -hmm. and you're writing about it mm -hmm. so, so that, how are you able to concentrate on that when you're kind of worried oh man it's been a long journey i have noticed the more that i fly i'm slowly getting used to it mm. in the beginning i would have a really really hard time with takeoff in particular where i would be like sweating a lot um having stomach aches and just like a full disclosure for anything more than four hours i am prescribed anti-anxiety medication to help mm. with those mm. symptoms but even with that during takeoff i would just have a very difficult time and i have noticed the more frequently that i fly those symptoms have become less like i'm very okay. used now to the sounds that the engine makes taking off i'm used to that little like lull that happens once you hit, I think it's 10,000 feet. Like mm. I know, okay, they're slowing down. It's like merging on a highway. This is normal. So putting myself in that situation repeatedly has helped me get more used to it. And I did notice actually during COVID when I had to take a break from flying, when I had to get on that first flight, yes, I felt a lot of that old anxiety creep up because I wasn't mm. used to it and I wasn't going mm. to the airport as much. So it may not be for everybody, but I do think there's something to be said for exposure therapy and making yourself get on the plane if you feel ready and not 
stopping or canceling the flight. I think if there's a yes. big gap of time between flights, that yeah. might so not have help. Ever not got on? I've actually been really good about never canceling a flight because of anxiety. There was only one time, this was a couple of years ago, I had a solo trip to Spain and it was, my flight was scheduled right after um, the terrorist attack in Belgium. And I think like my family was just a little nervous about me doing international travel right after. And I was too, but I rescheduled the flight for San Francisco, which actually is just as far from New Jersey. The United States is, is huge. Um, so I just opted for a different flight, but it didn't have anything to do with my fear of um, turbulence per se. But I've been really strict with myself to not cancel flights yeah, um, for anxiety. And believe it or not, I actually have a trip in June planned for Tokyo, which is the longest flight I've ever done. It's a direct flight from New York to Japan. Yes. And I'm already telling myself you've committed to it. You paid off the price of that ticket. So you're going to go. I don't care what kind of store rolls all over Newark. Oh, really? Getting... <laughs> I yell at myself. Yeah. A lot of top love for me. I actually yeah. think my therapist is uh, nicer about it than I am to myself. Yeah. So what do you think is underneath it all then? What's the sort of like, what's your core belief, if you like, of about flying? Yeah, for sure. It's it, and I'm sure you've heard this a bunch of times. I've read all the statistics. And logically, I know that flying is very safe. It's far more dangerous driving on the New Jersey Turnpike mm. than it is to mm. go on a plane. But for me, anyway, when I go on an airplane and that turbulence hits right away, like my mind goes to the worst. Like, oh, right. this must be it. Even though I know it's just the movement of mm. air and there's all kinds of reasons for turbulence and that it's never brought down a commercial jet it's still that instinctual fear that kicks in like, oh, something's going to happen. Okay. And yeah. I know for me too, I also have say control issues just a little bit. And when you're on a plane and that door closes, giving up that control mm. to someone who you don't see, which is why I think when I meet the pilots, I do better because I see who's driving the plane. Um, I know they're qualified because they've spoken to me. And even though, like, of course, like all pilots are qualified and have to do training, if I don't see them, I lose that feeling of control. And I'm like, oh, oh like, what yeah. if something happens and <laughs> I don't know about it? But I mean, I wouldn't want to be flying the plane logically. That would be. <laughs> no, no, we, we, so none no, of us want, no, want no disrespect. We haven't need training. No. We, we don't really no. want that. So no. if, if you could, um, if there's a camera in the flight deck and you could sit and watch them the whole flight, would you watch them? I actually probably would. Believe it or not, on YouTube, I do watch takeoff um, mm. from the cockpit um, mm. vantage, and it's really cool to watch. And it's actually very common, like yes. calming for me. Yes. And something else that I actually do when I feel nervous about flying, I'm not sure who runs the channel, but there's a stream, um, a plane spotting stream for LAX out in Los Angeles. And sometimes I'll just turn it on and watch that. And I find it really calming because I see just how many flights mm. leave each day. Because sometimes I need that reminder, like, no, you're not alone yes. on the airplane. It's yes. constantly going and it's all good. Yeah. You've just frozen for a moment, but uh, we'll just keep going. So I think we've still got the audio. Uh, I think I briefly lost internet. We went. <laughs> I'm not sure who did, if it was me or you. <laughs> That's all right. It'll come out and watch. So Yeah, all good. So w where are you in terms of your fear-beating journey? Um, 
I would like to think that on towards the end, I'm sure there'll always be that little bit of anxiety that sticks with me. Um, mm. And I would like to think that I'm slowly but surely coming out of the other side and getting better with it, especially as I do more and more travel through my blog. And I would also like to think that because during COVID, when I couldn't go anywhere, it was very sad for me. And yes. I, I, it was also really hard teaching during that time. I have to be honest. So like losing mm -hmm. traveling, but then like juggling education, I just really miss traveling so much. So mm -hmm. I would never give it up um, just because of my fear of flying. So I would like to think that yes. I'm coming out the other side with it. And hopefully that's the case. Um, I did have a really big accomplishment actually this past May. I went to oh, a travel conference. Yeah, I went to a travel <laughs> conference in San Juan. Um, and it's about a four and a half hour flight back to um, New Jersey. This one was particularly long because I think they had to take another route. There was a lot of turbulence over the Caribbean and I was actually really determined to get through the flight without medication or without alcohol. And I was able um, to do it. Something that really helped me was actually paying the $8 for internet access. So I was scrolling Reddit most of the time and I found having that distraction was really, really good. Mm. And just being able to get like, there's nothing wrong with um, needing a little help for medication. I use no. it all the time. But I thought that was a big milestone for me because I was like, this is the longest flight that I've had mm. without anything since I was 23 years old and I'm 36. So well, what made you be able to that, that was you said that was four and a half hours. So that broke the four hour thing, didn't it? With the medication. Yeah. 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 So what, what made you so determined to make that one? Like, I'm going to go with that medication. <laughs> even know i think it was just maybe being at the travel conference and feeling inspired by all these amazing people mm. who traveled all over the world and i know i talked to a couple of my friends about how my ultimate goal is to travel to new zealand one day because i want to pretend to be a hobbit it's a little bit of a nerdy thing but it's something i want to do <laughs> and i just i guess all that adrenaline from the conference i was like you know what i'm mm. gonna go for it Worst comes to worst, I'll, you know, wave the white flag, which really isn't waving the right white flag. I'm still on the plane, but I just felt really determined yeah. to, to give it a shot. And it actually, it actually worked out really well. And I was really proud because again, I haven't done a flight that long without medication since I was 22. And that's a long, long time. Mm. So I was really, I was really proud of myself. No, you should be. That is because these are all significant things, you know, so I was wondering, what are you yeah. doing at the moment then in terms of your own kind of self-help or help through others? What sort of stuff are you doing that people could replicate? So um, confession, I do listen to the podcast. That Thank definitely um, helps a lot just to hear that information reiterated, just how safe flying is. Um, yes. So I do feel like even though I know statistics, hearing them doesn't necessarily cure the fear of flying because if they did, no one would be scared of it. It does um, mm. certainly help. Um, I'm very open and honest about my therapist. I always schedule a call with him the week before a big flight and get my feelings out a little bit. And we talk right. through it and I find that that really helps. And it's nothing to be ashamed or embarrassed about. He's a great resource and I appreciate all of his help with it and something so else rachel can I just ask him what going... sorry just before you give me that nugget yeah, of course. what sort of discipline is it? does he you know is he like uh humanistic uh cognitive behavior um, just so people that can... one cognitive behavior right, okay. cognitive yeah. behavioral therapy 
right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good, great. And it's good because I've been talking with him for, yeah, no problem. I've been talking with him for three years. So we have mm-hmm. like that establishment of trust, which is really, really yes. good too. Um, but another thing that I do, and this might be me having control issues. I don't know if it's the greatest advice, but I'll like give it out because it makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. I do like being able to choose my seat beforehand Mm -hmm. because at least that gives me control over something and it is really true that if if you're like me and don't like turbulence depending on where you sit in the plane the turbulences are a lot rougher so the back of the plane you're just going to feel more of it because it's like riding a school bus right you're on a school bus in the back of the bus you hit a bump it's more noticeable so what i like to do is i like booking a seat near the wings or towards the front just yes. because I have noticed the turbulence is a lot less severe. So yeah. Yeah. if that's something that's financially feasible, I highly recommend it. I mean, it would be really nice to fly business class all the time, but that's, you know, that's not necessarily mm. something you can yes. do all the time unless you, yes. you know, unless your credit cards don't care, but mine do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've become a famous, you know, travel blogger, of course, you know. Yeah. It's obviously you're doing something famous. good, aren't you? Yeah, you're doing something well, otherwise... You wouldn't be able to have it as a side thing. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. So I don't think there's anything wrong with booking seats for yourself. I find that no, I like to as well. So I think it's it's when you have to, you know. So the, the the test is if you're not able to book those seats near the wing and you have to sit down the back, does it kind of make you go, ooh, or can you still do it, you know? Um. So a little bit. So I actually had a – this was a, a press trip through my blog, so the, the – destination actually booked my tickets which it's better if they do that because then you don't have to do additional tax paperwork um but the only thing was they booked me with air canada and because of the i guess the the website that they used i couldn't change the seat around <laughs> i actually asked now at the airport i was like hey is there any way i can get a seat more towards the front but it was actually in a really small plane. And the person at the desk said to me, no, because they have to be equally distributed because otherwise, what, you know, weight restrictions, there can't be too many people up front. And being told that, I was like, hey, like whatever to be safe, I'll just like sit yes. back and deal with it. And <laughs> yeah. even though it was a little uncomfortable, it wasn't the end of the world. It was a shorter mm. flight and I was able to do it. But I did help to, you know, do a couple breathing exercises and calm myself down because for that flight too, I actually, when I landed, had to drive afterwards. So I couldn't really take medication or anything. So I did some breathing exercises, downloaded the internet because I do think it's important to have something, whether it's the internet or a book or really good music, have something to like distract yourself with. Mm. Because if you're pulled out of that moment, it really does help. Yeah. And that reminds me of another story. I flew back from Grand Rapids. I remember the specific flight and I was having some issues with takeoff and the flight attendant looked at me and was able to tell. And he was like, hey, like, what kind of bagels do they have on airplanes? He said, I was like, I don't know. And he was like, oh, plane. And even though it was a corny joke, it pulled me out of that moment. <laughs> and I felt fine just because my brain was like out of that moment. So yeah. if you have a distraction, it's so super important you don't want to be hyper fixated on what the plane's doing because it'll just make it worse so <laughs> have a distraction someone to tell you really corny jokes yeah no? exactly um, <laughs> that is corny cool. yeah oh my god it was i i didn't 
know what to do, but I started to just laugh. And then I was like, oh, I actually feel a lot better. Um, because I'm Probably like a release, off. wasn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and it was like, okay, I'm safe. I'm like, a flight attendant's making bad jokes. I'm safe. There's nothing wrong yeah, with this airplane. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Can I be moved, please? Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just too cool. So, any particular episodes that you found been helpful for you? I mean, you're, I mean, it's lovely that you are listening to podcasts, so thank you. But is there any that you sort of think, those are my go-tos, or is there any? Yeah, this one, yeah, there was one that was actually a really early on episode, and it was um, specifically focused on turbulence because that is the major trigger for me. And mm. I don't think a lot of people, like 90% of it is turbulence. I know for me, I always say, if I could pay an extra couple hundred dollars, and just not have turbulence, I would do it in a heartbeat. That's how much I don't like it. And I remember in the episode, again, it was super early on. I think it was episode 19 or 14, really early. Wow. Um, one of the comments was turbulence is air and air moves and you don't have the right to tell air not to move. And that really stuck with me because <laughs> it's, it's so true. I mean, it's the weather at the end of the day there's mm. nothing you can do about it and it's either deal with the air moving or otherwise no travels then i'd rather deal with the air moving so that's something i always come back to that particular line it's really stuck with me and yeah. i've actually said it in my head when we hit turbulence from the plane i'm like air moves <laughs> that's how it is live with it yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so that's good any others that you find helpful because people like to know, you know, because there's so many. And this, if this was someone's oh, first podcast, they come in, they get the Rachel Miller experience. They'd be like, okay, <laughs> what does Rachel Miller listen to that I can listen to and do some shortcuts? Mm -hmm. um, another really early on episode, I think it might have been the first one. And I always feel like the very first episode is a good place to start with podcasts in general. Um, and this, like, really, really stuck with me because I remember it being stated that so many people have given up not only vacations because of their fear of flying, they've given up going to weddings, going to funerals, which mm. is really sad. And just like giving up these significant events and milestones in life out of fear is just so heartbreaking and sad. And I think that was in the very first episode. And I feel like that's a good place to start because that really mm. stood out to me because I think what if i never traveled what if after that trip to italy i decided i was yes. done and i wasn't going to do it anymore um my like blog and traveling has helped so much like when i was in between teaching jobs and feeling pretty depressed about it i would save money and stay at hostels and it just made me so happy and i made so many lifelong friendships traveling in hostels i've made so many friends mm -hmm. like at conferences through my mm -hmm. blog i did on my trips met so many small business owners who are just amazing and people with the tourism boards, like they're all so wonderful. And I think what if I had just stopped and yeah. had none of those experiences, what would life look like? And that's something that touched in that first episode. And I think it's really poignant and important to listen to because I mean, getting into anxiety to be losing out on a lot of amazing experiences. And it's one of the reasons I'm doing this trip to Japan. It's always been a bucket list item, but yep. it's always been kind of like a fantasy in my mm. head, like just like not quite real. And this year I decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it because what if I keep pushing it off yeah. and then something happens and I don't make it there. Um, 
So yeah, first episode for sure. Listen to that. It's a real, a real wake up call. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember what we talked about there, but you know, I'll take your word for it because it was so long yeah. ago. You know, we're up to 154 yeah. now. So crikey, yeah, yeah. I, I can't bear to listen to any of those early ones because it's just it's so <laughs> raw. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, but great. It's like me going awesome. through those old blog posts from 2015 where. Some of them are really just like not yeah. here for SEO or anything, and I read them. I'm like, woo, they're yeah. pretty rough. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's uh, yeah, exactly that, and it's so um, it's so personal. But I'm glad they've helped. So that's that's good. That's really mm-hmm. good. So wait, so you've got this flight coming up. You've got um, yeah. you do lots of stuff. You listen mm-hmm. to the podcast. So mm-hmm. what I've got kind of like to do is like for to give a message of hope for people because you obviously clearly yeah. working towards getting rid of this at some point um mm-hmm. if you had to sum up your your best advice for somebody who's thinking no nah, i can't do that what would you yeah. say yeah so um unfortunately enough where i'm in a place where i'm working through it and boarding airplanes i actually mm-hmm. have a, a friend who i graduated with in the teacher program and her fear of flying was so severe there was like a time where she couldn't even look up tickets online like the prices for them because she would get this overwhelming feeling of dread wow and and she's read my blog and she's joined facebook groups i'm not sure what kind of work she's done behind the scenes but she's really made strides to board the airplanes and start doing these shorter flights to go to places and she just was recently able to do a trip to nashville which looks super fun and she was able to board the plane and go so for somebody who couldn't even look at plane tickets, who's yeah. now boarding even short flights, it shows that it's possible to get over. Um, it may be like really hard work and it may be really scary, but there are so many resources available. There are Facebook groups. There's actually a really good subreddit um, on Reddit, obviously, called Fear of Flying, where there's yeah. um, pilots and flight attendants in the community. I'm actually in the community as well, and I'll talk to people who are just so supportive i remember going on this flight to barcelona and i felt really nervous about it and i posted on the subreddit and this she was amazing this 20 year old flight attendant privately messaged me and talked me through boarding and that made me feel really good and just like safe it was like talking to a friend even though i never met her so there are so many online communities that are supportive Mm. there's therapy there are fear of flying courses i'm not sure um if Newark Airport offers any, but I do know that some airports offer um, classes in person. There's also classes online and there's just an abundance of resources out there. And it is possible to, if you really want to get over this and move through it and board a flight, it doesn't have to keep you grounded forever. If you put your mind to it and reach out to these resources, you can definitely do it. Because again, my my friend, she couldn't even look at yeah. ticket prices and now she is boarding flights so which i think is, it's amazing it's yeah. truly it's yeah. really really awesome and it makes me so happy i'm really happy to see so it shows that it's it's possible it, it really is yeah. well you've made it strides haven't you so what <laughs> what's you. your belief then so what's your belief about yourself in terms of where you'll get to with your fear of flying mm. I do think one day that I'll make it to New Zealand. I will do that flight to San Francisco and then that 14, 15 hour flight, whatever it is to New Zealand. And I will be able to be a hobbit one day. I'm going to get to that goal because I have this in my head. I'm like, if I get to that goal, I know I've done it. One of the longest flights in the world. Um, 
if I get there, then I know I'm good, that I'm solid. But I, my personal belief is that it will keep getting better. Um, and as long as I'm physically able to travel, I'm going to do it. So I do think in the future, I'll see the even more improvement. It might even get to the point where going on an international flight to Europe from the States is as easy as commuting to work. I would really like it to get to that point. Okay. Maybe even easier because commuting to work can be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pain in the butt. Easier yeah. than that. And hopefully even easier than that. And I don't know how good of an analogy it was. but <laughs> No, I love that. Oh, that's really good. I'm really positive, very hopeful. And uh, I love your determination. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think it's been really helpful to sort of hear your side of it. And the fact that you've got a job which forces you to do it yeah. and you won't give up on that. I think that's really, no really great. Yeah. No way, because I hear about these cool trips and some mm. of these itineraries, these tourism boards put together are amazing. And I'm like, what am I going to say no? Like so many people would love <laughs> to do that. If I said no, like what would be... Like, yeah, exactly. I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> oh, amazing. So um, thank you very much. Um, we will uh, please keep posting in the group so we can sort of hear how you're getting on. Thank you for listening yeah. to the podcast and thank you for all your tips and wisdom today. And I think overall what I've taken from your episode is this just unstoppable enthusiasm and motivation just to keep going and pushing, pushing. I, I love that. So that's... Yeah. And yeah. that will be helpful for somebody else. You just don't know who you can yeah. help, but you will. Yeah, just just if you feel like you can do it, just just do it and, and keep going. I mean, like I said, I feel like if I stop, I'll like backslide. So I'm like, mm. nope, I'm just going to keep going, even if it means going to Newark Airport every month. I have the announcements there memorized, so I'm certainly there enough. <laughs> My therapist said he's like, you flew uh -oh. more than any fearful flyer I ever know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, Rachel. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's great to meet you as well. And uh, thank you for giving your time out. It's a really nice one to release. So lots of positivity yeah. here. Though. Excellent. Definitely. Definitely. You all can do it. I promise. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Love Fly podcast. I hope you're finding it helpful with your fear of flying. Now, if you do need some extra tailored help, you can go to our website, lovefly.co.uk and click on the courses button. You'll find more help there, such as our 30-day program and our on-demand webinar. Thanks again. See you next time.